Thank you, madam. Would you turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews today? The book of Hebrews. God is doing some amazing things among us, and on behalf of the ministry that he's called us to share, and um, I, I just, I have the strong feeling that the things that we've experienced over the years have um, prepared us, have specifically prepared us for what we're walking with him in right now. And one of the things that we'll be doing as we conclude this, this current year and go into the new year is uh, we're going to be having a, a concerted prayer effort between not only our house but the network in, uh, in some really unique prophetic ways, uh, offering intercession for um, where we're going in this new year. And one of the things that we're, we're going to see is uh, um, the, the separating line between uh, heaven, the spirit realm, and the earth um, really becoming uh, opened. I mean, I, it's not even the word. It's... It's like uh, going back and forth between the two in a very tangible way. It's just like started to happen today. Um, and um, and it, it's, it's a very real, a really very real visitation of what God has in store for us in, in the days to come. And one of the things that we're going to look at here in the book of Hebrews today is the um, the role of the angelic with the saints, and uh, what what began. Uh, I'm having a difficult time talking here. Obviously, um, it's just the presence of the Lord is doing a, a unique thing, and it's not just a visitation for this moment. It's indicative of where we're going, and it's okay. We'll we'll. Uh, we'll become able to minister within it as, as we become more um, familiar in the Lord with it because somebody has to be able to minister in this. But it's, it's really encouraging to feel. Um, I, I'm seeing things that are coming into this house that I've seen from a distance for years. And it's really interesting to, um, to see the lines dissolving. And that's, that's really what we need. But one of the things about the, the story of Christmas is the, is the ongoing interaction with the angelic. And I, I believe that in, as the second coming of our Lord nears, we're going to see uh, visitations of the angelic in a very tangible way. Uh, and it's, it's going to, uh, it's going to, um, it's going to amaze us. Uh, we we saw some of that in Brazil, and you know that you know that we've we've been no stranger to the angelic visitations here over the years. In fact, God has been training us over the years um, uh, 
Um, I, I know this about the angelic, that they, they serve the Father, and they've been called to align themselves and serve with the saints. And they really don't want notoriety. And that's one of the things we've had to honor over the years because so many people want to be entertained by the angelic, and the angels do not want that. And in fact, there have been times where I've seen them just go uh, remove out of the place because there were so many that had come just to kind of glorify them. So I'm familiar with that. I know that. And, um, but, I, but I do know that we're, we're going to talk t- today about some of the facets of the angelic in, in Hebrews, not from a theoretical standpoint, but in a preparatory standpoint. And the verse that we're going to focus on is, um, is for Hebrews 1, 14. And this is a familiar passage, but it's, it's, a, very, it's a very important passage. Uh, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? We're going to, to look into that here in just, just a minute. But this book of Hebrews speaks about angels on a number of occasions. Um, in the first chapter leading up to this verse, there are very real references to the the angels and the coming of Jesus and how they position themselves to worship him and that that's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing because that has to be before any other discussion of the angelic um there is a passage that speaks about uh just a few verses before this one that we read in fact verse 7 it says he makes his angel spirits ruach or, or, or the, the wind, and, um, which would be what the Hebrew ruach is, but is, is ministers of flame of fire. And there, the, uh, the measure of ministers is the same term as what's used here to speak, sent forth to minister for them who will be heirs of salvation, so don't miss that. But the flame of fire, this is the same term that's used to describe the, the flame in the eyes of Jesus in the book of Revelation. And here you can just see that um, uh, this is a reference to how the angels honor and serve the seven spirits of God. And that's, that's really the transition that links what Jesus has done with our ability and privileged of partnering with the ways of God. And the angels are sent to serve the ways of God. They're sent to serve the Spirit of the Lord. They're sent to serve what God is doing. And that flame is something that is, it is prominent. You know, we talked on Saints Radio the other day about the, the ways that the Bible says the fire of the Lord moves and why it moves with us. And the first is it's part of God's spirit, and uh, it's uh, judgment and burning. So it will always honor his plan and his purpose, that the fire of the Lord of function and vitality will be upon what God's plan is. The second is the fire of the Lord will be upon your prayers. The fire of the Lord will be upon the incense of the saints, 
which are uh, aligned with what God's burden is. The, the fire of the Lord will also come to release function, healing through the touch, the application of the hand of God through you. Uh, and the, the fire of the Lord are, is, is just going to minister in, in God's eyes, which is his ways, which is what we look at. And, and so this fire uh, with the angels is, is something that is phenomenal, and it is a very real thing for us. Um, just prior to this 14th verse, you see that God speaks about the angels and put them into their place regarding the right hand of God. Um, the angels serve around the throne, but the right hand of God is for Christ and for those of us who are serving the Father. That's a very clear line of demarcation right there regarding the angels. The second thing you, you read about regarding the angels is that the powers of the world to come are not reserved for them, they're reserved for us and, and our Father. The third thing that the book of Hebrews speaks about regarding the angels is that we're created a little lower so that we have that privilege of doing what Christ did in hungering after God and knowing him in a relationship. So really the book of Hebrews, uh, scattered throughout its writing, truly delineates the role of the angelic in response to what Christ is doing and what we as saints are doing. And that, that's something that we should recognize. You should know that. So anytime you're in a meeting and people want to not talk, know about angels, if they're not in line with the fact that we're serving the right hand of the Father, we're ministering on behalf of the powers of the world to come, and we're ministering because we're hungry for God, and we know that we have to have more of him. If there's anything other than that, the angels aren't really interested. <laughs> you just need to know that. It's, it's not a, it's not a sideshow. And, and I've, I've had to restrict myself, especially in some places where the Spirit of the Lord is moving and people want to know about angels, and the Lord will just restrain me. Don't say anything about it. Don't say anything about it, because if you start talking about it, then the angels become the preeminent thing when the Spirit of the Lord is just there trying to draw people to know him. And if you take it off of that, that eternal aspect, which is why Jesus came, then the angels don't want to have anything to do with it. It's kind of like that passage where it speaks about, you know, the covering upon the head, and, and, you know, we have to make sure that we honor that covering because of the angels. That's why, because our covering is the partnership with the glory of God. And if that's not there, the angels, they don't calibrate. So anyway, let's get back to this verse. Ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who are the heirs of salvation. The unique thing about ministering spirits, which we, we said was this also used here in verse 7, is it, it comes from a word that we get our word liturgy from, liturgos or liturgikos here. And if you, if you look at the breakdown of how that word originally was meant, even back in Greek society when they were godless people, well, they, they weren't godless people. They were worshiping other gods. They were one true godless. And um, 
they would use this term to describe any kind of a philanthropic or benevolent work that was not for the benefit of somebody else. So in other words, it would be kind of like a selfless endeavor, a selfless social pursuit of blessing somebody else. And they did have that in a democratic society, not as much as they should, but they did have it. So liturgy or liturgos always had to do with something that had, you had no benefit from. You were reaching out to do work on behalf of benevolence, on behalf of philanthropic pursuit, uh, but, but there was to be nothing coming back to you. And it, it really is the essence of what a 501c3 should be. Uh, it's the essence of what Newman brand, whether it's coffee or chili or whatever it is, supposed to be. Everything's supposed to go to profits or it's supposed to go help people. So when it speaks about ministering spirits in regard to the angels, um, in conjunction with the right hand, um, these, these angels are, are going to minister on behalf of something that the flesh is dead, whether this is the, the prophetic, which is the essence of the prophetic, that you, you die to self on behalf of the work of the Lord, or that you just are in humility or in meekness, and it's just a way of life. So, you know, you can have that without necessarily doing some prophetic work. You can walk in the cloak of humility, uh, whether you're prophesying or engaging in ministry. You should, you should be living this lifestyle. And when you, when you are, then the angelic is there. That, that's ministry. And, you know, I love that, that that's used in verse 7 because um, these ministers are as a flame of fire. These angels are the wind of God's spirit, and, but they, uh, they are as that flame that empowers the ways of God. And there's nothing in it for them other than the glory of serving God. That should be, that should be something that we, we desperately want. And, and I, I believe that it is. Um, and, I, you know, I, I was thinking, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, all the seeds that, that we as saints have been privileged to, to plant before God. And, you know, so many things that were precious to us died so that there might be life. And one by one, I'm listing them, not as a point of order before the Lord, but as a point of participating in the principle of what God has directed us to, meditating upon that principle, unless a seed fall on the ground and die, it has no life in them. All of the fruit that God is bringing in the years to come for the, for the work of the saints, we are participating in it because we have allowed things to die, um, whether the enemy came and attacked it or whether we just released it or whether in the, in the flow of, the, of, of the serving the Lord there was attrition or winnowing away, but yet we kept going forward. All of those were a, a price of obedience and subservience to the Father, and that is going to yield a fruit. I was so blessed earlier this week um, because uh, Ruby found a picture of our brother Ratna Kumar from India, and 
Last Monday, he had a, a gathering of the Saints Network pastors, and there was a picture. All of these guys, the room was packed. And, and I recognized a number of those men. Some of them I didn't recognize. And you know that we, we sewed in there over and over and over and over again for years. And then it was just stopped, not because of us. It was because of their government. And, and I remember praying, Father, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to say everything that I thought because this is going out over the airwaves, but I, I did say, Father, um, we just have to release this to you now. We pray that you'll keep it going, and he has. But that's one thing. There are a lot of other things that, are, that were given to the Lord, but that's the heart of ministry. That's the heart of this word. That whatever you do on behalf of the ways of God, that's what liturgy is supposed to be, liturgikos. That there's, you're not doing it for any reason of benefit for yourself. And that's the heart of what this word means. It's not, a, it's not an offshoot of it. That's what this word means. And I think that is so interesting. So when the, when the angels come, they, they're looking for that soil. They're looking for that framework. And if, if they don't find that, they have, they have no place of ministry. Do you understand that? So if, if they come into a place, there has to be God offering uh, a point of service for the people there, or there, there has to be some demonstration of a partnership with God where that is being offered, and that's what they enjoin themselves to. And that's, that is the framework by which the power of angelic ministry is going to flow. If it's not there, if, if there's a ministry like that beset the latter rain, where they say, okay, you know, we've, we've got to have some miracles here, or we're not going to be able to pay the bills. We're not going to be able to pay the group that's just deconstructing this tent and moving it on to Akron. And so we've got to have some miracles, whether they're real or not. We've got to, and you know that's true if you read the histories. And the, the, the thing that began that move and every other move is people dying to self. And then that welcomes the Spirit of the Lord to do what God's Spirit wants to do. And the angelic is moving on that. So I just love this. They are all ministering spirits. And that's the, that's the first framework. It's liturgicos. It's liturgis. And you can study the, the handful of ways that, that the roots and the derivatives of this. This is the only time liturgicos is, is mentioned in Scripture, but the, the, the word itself, liturgos, is, is used in a lot of places, not to mention which uh, verse 7 is there. But it's the next part that really, that, the first part is, is very important for us to know. And, and I would say this, I mean, that, you know, I'm sorry. Whenever we go into a place now, I, I felt constrained to say two things. Number one, we're here only because the Lord 
called us to come here. There's nothing in us for us. We don't expect anything from you. We're not asking you for anything. We want God to do in you what he's here to do. That's the first thing. The second thing is our role as Pneumatikos people and as, as those that represent Elijah's, we're saying that we've come to represent what God has given us, what, what he has taught us, and what he's imparted to us so that you can succeed in the kingdom. Those two things. And, you know, Monica can attest that. Every place we were in Brazil, that's the way I started, and I meant that from my heart. And just to clarify to everybody, we're not coming in as Americans to do the, the life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness way. I mean, the way America is viewed around the world now, that wouldn't do us any good anyway. And, but, but the second thing is we're there not for ourselves, but for the work of the Lord. And that's, that's not just a slogan. That's what we are. And it, it indicates that we, as a, as a body, have died to human reputation and to any other thing that would be um, a moniker upon us. Uh, we just want what God wants, and that's the way of life. That's liturgus. That's liturgicos. And that's the heart of what the angels who cry, holy, 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 that's the part of what the angels who uh, continually are proscuneing before the throne, that's, that's why they're here, because that's what God has asked us to be, to do whatever we're doing, not for our own selves, but for him. And I'm not saying that as a point of pride. I'm saying that as a point of identity. And I'm stating that as an ongoing platform about how this ministry goes forward into the nations. No matter what happens, no matter how God transforms nations in this next year, no matter how many ways God's miraculous power is demonstrated, it will never be something that glorifies us. Because I know good and well that in myself I am nothing. And that's never going to be confusing. And secondly, at my age, I'm not building for the next 60 years. I'm building for right now for what the Father wants. And that's, that's what we all should have. The, the ministering spirits, the liturgos, that's, that's essential. But then I love this, sent forth to minister for them that shall be heirs of salvation. Now here is a really unique word because this is diokonos, and it's where the word deacon comes into church settings. But I was, I was studying this root too, and it really captivated me. I didn't, never realized what the root of this really was. But um, in way back yonder in the, in the ancient day, this word indicated something that would just happen on the wind, maybe, maybe a dust storm, kind of like a dirt devil like we know in the southwest, would just whoosh, like that. And you, you couldn't predict it coming, but there it was. It would catch up dust, and it would move quickly. That's how this word was originally used. And I, I think that's phenomenal. And so when, when you see a ministry like this, at first it indicates that you, you have to have dust. 
which is a good thing that that's what we're all supposed to be, and that's how we were created, and that's the contrition that catches us up to the 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 secret place of thunder, the voice thunders, lightnings, earthquake progression. But um, it's it's a quick thing, and and this word is used in it's so many ways. Um, it's like when Peter said, you know what, I'm not going to mess around with these Hebraic and Grecian widow issues anymore. We're going to focus on prayer and this thing with the word. We're going to be so sensitive to the word that whenever the wind of the spirit blows, we're going to be caught up with it. I love, I love that. that that's, that's such a, a phenomenal understanding you know, when, when you're reading in, in Corinthians, when Paul is talking about, you know, the, the administration, you know, there are diuresis of administration, but the same Lord. It's this word. Um, you know, you, you, first of all, you have the Spirit, which is grace, charisma. Then you have this with the Lord, and then you have the energy of the Father. Those three. Why, how does that work? Well, the Spirit is always going to be moving in grace. The Spirit is always going to be uh, trying to facilitate a, a forward movement into a new horizon. That's what the ways of God do. Uh, but then secondly, if you're moving with Christ, who is the door, you need to be willing to move with him. That's the word. This is the word that's used. Uh, the diuresis of administration. Administration is not you just being a, a tactician or having governmental skills where you know where everything should be and where all the bodies are buried and all these other things, uh, which is helpful to know if you're in a church, especially where the bodies are buried. But, you know, the, to, to move with Christ, you've got to be instant. You, you can't be, you know, the Spirit of the Lord was in this place and I did not register it. We cannot be that way. Uh, when you're moving with Christ, who is the door? You've got to be able to recognize what he's doing and go with it right then. Don't dilly-dally. Don't tarry. You move. And what about the energy of the Father? Well, energy begins with breathing hard after God. Energesis is the agape, to breathe hard after his purpose. That's the inception of energy. And if you're expending energy for any other thing, it's wasted energy. So you've got grace, the Spirit. You've got this, responding with Christ. Are we supposed to be Christ-like? Seems like it. What's this verse for? For heirs of salvation. Are we supposed to be heirs with Christ? Yes. Are we supposed to be joint heirs with Christ? I think we're right now vacillating in the timing of the Lord between those characteristics. But if we're going to do that, we've got to be able to, whew, as the wind is blowing, the dust moves. That's diokonos. Now, I've been around church all my life. I've been around good deacons, not so good deacons. God's the judge. I, I've known some that are just quick and ready to do whatever God wants, and then I've seen others that are just a big wind. They're not moving in it. They're just a wind. And sometimes that wind can cause great damage. But the the, the, the wonderful essence of this word, uh, whether it's moving with Jesus or what Peter said regarding the word of God, is that you are sensitive to the breath of the Spirit and you move. Like Martha had that gift. 
The Bible says that she was busy, diokonos, about many things. But she, she, in her fluidity of being able to move from this thing to that thing, can you imagine taking care of all these apostles when they came strolling in with Jesus? Can you imagine that? That wasn't her first rodeo. You know that. For Jesus to have been a friend of them, whom he loved, which the scripture says, you don't just, that just didn't happen. They'd been there many times. And the reason they kept coming, why do you go to a certain restaurant? Why do you go to Chick-fil-A? My pleasure. Because you know you can get in that or wherever you go. Why do you go certain place that you like? Because you've been there before and you know, hey, I'm going to be treated well here. So Martha was the primary mover and shaker. I suspect Mary was more eye candy. She was a lover of the Lord. That's wonderful. But Martha was the one that knew how to, that's what the scripture says. What's the need? I'll do it. Know anybody like that? I know people here in this house that are that way, and I appreciate it. But when Jesus said she's chosen the better thing, um, I think, I'm not teaching on that today. But I think both of these girls were lovers of the Lord, as was Lazarus. And I think that that moment was so unique with Lazarus being dead and in the tomb and Jesus waiting for him to come for that moment. I think the better thing there was that... (laughs) I think it was always that case with Mary and Martha whether it was Lazarus' tomb or any other time they came. When we're busy in ministry with the Lord, using this gift, we always have to have that heart that is open to what the Spirit is doing right now, regardless of what other things we see going on. And that's an anointing we've got to have now, too. I know I need it. So, the... uh, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Now, this is what the angels are doing. And I'm go- this is really the heart of why I'm bringing this up. Because the other part about liturgy was that it was very segment- segmented. That there, there could be, if you're going out to do some kind of a, of a work to help people, you, 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 you had a very regimented approach according to what this word meant. And this thing had to be there. You know, here's these people over here. They've got problems. So we're going to go in there and help them. And the way you help them is you don't just give them a pile of money because it could just go to the wind and the problem is still there. So you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this and, and then probably you got to do that if you really want to solve the problem. That's the heart of liturgos or liturgicos. And this is what the angels are here to do. If we're serving the Father, and we are at the right hand of the Father, and we are called to be uh, those that are entrusted with the powers of the world that is coming, and we are called to continually seek after the heart of God, to hunger after him, there are a lot of things that are there that have to be provided for. And so these angels are sent as you're serving as an heir in the inheritance of the Father for those things. And, and again, this happened... This. This has happened in the past where I've known that the angels have come 
for specific reason to, to facilitate some kind of provision for us. And it's always true. But when we were entered into Brazil, the first couple of places that we were testifying and ministering, I was releasing to them this capacity of the angelic. And, and I said, God is sending his angels to facilitate these things. And it was happening here. There were some things that needed to be provided, and I was going out of town for almost two weeks. I testified about this. But I knew that there were some things that I was kind of leaving hanging because I was going. And so I just asked the Father to take care of them. And one by one, we're hearing testimony. Okay, this, took, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And I knew it was because of the angels that were doing this thing. Now, I'm not just going about commanding angels. I know better than that. I know there are teachings that tell you to do that. But I'm not going to do that. But when I sense the Spirit on behalf of something that we're entrusted to do as an heir of salvation, I, I'm feeling a, a, a very strong witness that God is going to be, uh, in a greater way than we've ever known, releasing his empowerment. Two nights ago, I woke up at 3.30 in the morning, and there was an angel standing there. He says, what, what, do, you, what do you need me to do? What a strange thing. Wouldn't that be great if you, if you just had an angel there? Uh, what do you need me to do? It's about time somebody in my house said that to me. Uh, <laughs> and, and immediately, uh, I, I knew that I had been talking about um, finances for the church. And I, and I said, go out and bring us in finance. And he was gone. I'm believing for that. Boy, we need it. Um, but, but I know that there's something coming. And I've been asking God uh, to teach us about that type of transaction. Uh, there, was, there was another time recently in here at prayer, and I felt the familiar feel of an angel standing nearby right here. And even the positioning of how angels stand around you indicate to, I believe, a large degree prophetically what they're there to do. And I was reflecting on the, the myriad numbers of times where here in the house we've, um, we've had encounters, particularly me, because I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for you too, but I, I've got to give account for me. When we stand before the Father, there are going to be ways that he's going to be rewarding us for the way we minister. But when it all comes down to it, we're going to have to give an account for our own salvation with fear and trembling. At least I read that somewhere. I'm pretty sure it's in the King James. It may be in those other kinds of Bibles too. I'm joking. I know it's there. Sometimes when I say that, I wonder, do you really think that I don't know that's there? Did I read it in a Peanuts cartoon or something? No, I know it's there. But um, one of the things that, that I know is God has given us a, a plethora of, of encounters over the years. And I've noticed that when I'm preaching, sometime very, just about all the times I've ever heard an angel speak, it's from behind. Because they're not going to stand ahead of an apostolic word, but they can assist that. Sometimes when angels speak from this side, 
I know that from my right side that I know that I'm supposed to be pursuing an understanding of something prophetically. It's usually from study. If I hear something from this side, it's a point of direction. I recognize that for myself. Usually, there's only been a couple of times that they've just directly confronted me, and that's those have been times when either the Lord himself was present or the Father was speaking, and they were attending to that, much like what we read about in Daniel. But um, I, I, I'm trying to reflect back on things that I've learned that I just know from my spirit. But, and, and then, of course, you just follow because it just makes sense for you to do. But, but the positioning of, of these encounters is very important. And I don't know what your experience is with them, but I, I do believe that these tactical positionings are true for, for any of us. But I know that, there, that there's, there are things that we have responsibility for in nations now, and I'm acutely, I'm acutely aware that this and this and this and this has to happen. And, you know, I could just bow down on one knee and look up like in the Garden of Gethsemane paintings. But I recognize that a verse like this tells me that this liturgos type of spirit is there to address these things on behalf of the sent forth, on behalf of the apostolic calling, and on behalf of what we are supposed to be representing from the Father. And so I've just gotten now to the point where I say, you know, I've been exasperated by this particular factor in this nation, and I know it has to be cleared up for, for, for the Father to do what he said he wants to do in this next year. And so I release the angels to clear that up. Now, people are still going to be people, but if some resist, just like with the angels, the angels will find somebody who will. And, you know, God's in the days we're in, the dilly-dallying with people waiting for them in the valley of decision, those days are pretty much over. It's got to be done. It's got to move. So I'm, I'm believing that in the days to come, we're going to see active points of the release of the angelic that have been sent to serve on behalf of things that are a dying to self and that will usually be a quickening and that's another thing like when the fire uh, the seraph showed up uh, a few weeks ago on a sunday morning in brazil that that pretty much was a surprise and even though with all the words of fire i don't think anybody said hey thus saith me there's going to be a river of fire and there's going to be a, a seraph standing I, i've looked at the words i don't see that anywhere but that was a that was a quickening thing and we've got we've to be more skilled. I've got to be more skilled at how to move with it. Even though I feel that we did what we should do that day and God was honored, there's always a better way that we can serve the Lord. Well, that should always be our cry. And we say, oh, there's more of you, Lord. Oh, that sounds so sweet. But when we say, Father, how can I better serve you in that? That's the ticket. And if we say that, it is no way denigrating what God's done in the past. It's me wanting to be better than I was in serving the Father. And we should always be saying that. And that's really, 
I've been, I've witnessed angels at times when the look on their countenance, when there's been a slipshod response or there's been some kind of a of slow, slovenly kind of pursuit or even an ignoring to them. Uh, you know, the, the angels don't understand that. They just don't understand that. They're not created in that way. And so I don't ever want to give get the stink eye, not that they give that. I don't ever want to get that, you know, come on, step it up, do what you're supposed to do. I don't want that look generated toward me, and I know you don't want it toward you either. So I think that I know that we're coming into, we're already in, a heightened measure of angelic partnership on behalf of what we are representing before the throne as heirs and as joint heirs. And I think, I think also I mentioned this with Christ being the door, which we talked about last week, leading sheep into pastures. And um, uh, I, I, I really feel that, that that's a dimension of being a joint heir that we're being led into. This is an heir thing. Look at that. Does it say there, verse 14, does it say joint heir or does it say heir? It says heir. And so... You, you, you learn how to calibrate, whether it's the fast of feasting that lets us think as the angels do, to, to do away with bitterness and to, to look forward. That's a good training over the years. But um, we, we as heirs need to recognize how to move with these liturgicos influences that are as flames of fire um, in the service of the Father. But when we learn that and we're... We're being caught by the wind, and we're diakonos, and we're moving in that breath. Then, then we will serve the, with the Lord, according as we quoted in First in Corinthians. The administrations, the, the diaresis of administrations, that's this word, but the same Lord. That means all of us moving with Curios or Adonai, every one of us doing what we're supposed to do and being quick about it with Christ the door. We've got to know that, you know, especially like we're in a place where there are maybe a hundred pastors representing churches, and every one of them needs to be leading their sheep in a new pasture. And, you know, you, you've got to be quick. You've got to be quick to hit boom, 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 what the Lord wants, and not do eight out of ten. Eight out of ten is not is not acceptable. You've got you've to serve the Lord, and you've got to accomplish the task. And it's possible. That's what I'm aiming for. And we should all be in agreement with that, because we're serving with him. And, but, but in all, it's to accomplish the will of the Father. And that's what these angels align with. Yes, they cry, holy, holy, holy which means they want what the Father has won all along. And we are those people that are called to be saints. But you know, you can be a saint, and that is, that is a heightened measure of identity. But you can be a saint, and you can, you can minister prophetically, or you can minister apostolically. You can minister as an heir or a joint heir. All of those are factors. It's not about works. But the, the, the main thing that I'm trying to get across today, and you can study this for yourself through this week, 
Just peg Anhalas and the angels. Study through Hebrews. It's not a big chapter. And see all the places that the angels are mentioned. And see how it sets us up for partnership with the angelic on behalf of the Father. It's, it's a great thing. See how the angels relate to Christ, which is pretty much in chapter 1 there. See how they relate to us, which I cited three of the, of the, main, the main ones for us as saints. But see the other places that it talks about them. But the whole, the entire objective of it all is that we deliver on behalf of the Father. You remember what all Hebrews talks about. Later on, after you get this pictured, we come to our Mount Zion. It's not an earthly one. It's a heavenly one. And you have that list, the innumerable company of angels, the, the cloud of witnesses, you've, the sprinkling of blood upon the patterns in the heavens, uh, Christ, the judge of all, the Father who sees all things, all of those things, we, we are moving in the heavens. That's what Hebrews culminates with. But we're setting the stage for that here. But to draw back as I close to the essence of what I felt led to share with you today. I was studying about the angels in the coming of Christ as a baby. And the, the various ways that they ministered, Gabriel and the host and, you know, the, the plethora, the plethos of the angels that were out there with the shepherds. And, and I was thinking about how they're just everywhere in that story. And, and I was thinking about how, what, what that set the stage for, for us to minister, to, to go and communicate peace throughout the earth. And then I was thinking about how the, the second coming of Christ is going to, to also incorporate the angelic in ways that are beyond the norm. And even the angels unaware. I, I, I know that you've had encounters like that or you suspicion maybe that was an angel. I think we're going to be seeing that more and more in the days to come. Um, I, I, I saw one the other day. I, I was out at the store and this person was walking toward me because there's a, all kinds of people around. You got to be aware of your surroundings. And this person was coming and just had a bright brightness on his, on his face. And I looked and they looked at me and it walked by. And I, I later on, I, I, I was thinking as I was walking through North Park, I thought, well, that person must be a Christian, you know, just dolty me, you know. And I thought that that person must really be, really love the Lord. And uh, when I got out to the car, I recognized, wait a second. That was pinging things in my spirit that I know are angelic. And I don't know what I was supposed to do about it. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? I mean, I just think it was the Lord saying, okay, this is, a, this is the thing you, you're walking in in a broader way. I've seen him in the house. More when we had people, when we actually had a lot of people in here. Um, it's kind of hard to have an angel unaware now. It would really stand out right now, wouldn't it? Sarah, if somebody was sitting beside you, you'd know that was an angel. Cause it, no. <laughs> but I remember seeing that. I remember, I remember lots of occasions. I remember when we went to London.
I've told this story before. And we were staying in the Linda Blair Victoria Hotel. And it was just, it, it embarrassed me that we had brought this group of 40 people to stay in that rat hole. And I came out on the front, I was trying to think, okay, how can I rectify this? What can I do? I don't think Barry had stuck his feet out the window yet to rest yet. But I was still, I was just really frustrated. And this man is just there. And he said, do you know where you are? Do you know where you're going? And I said, yes, sir, I, I do. You know, I wanted to clarify, you know, we want the British thinking we're a nutty American. They already think that. They don't need help there. And I, I thought, well, what a weird thing for this guy to say. And I looked back, and the guy was gone. I mean, there wasn't anywhere else for him to go. And then I felt like the Lord said, okay, get your mind back in the game. <laughs> you know, be focused. Do you know where you are? Do you know what you're here to do? And that was an angelic word to me. I know it was. And we've had occasions like that before. Um, but not to the degree that we're going to have it. But remember this factor. What does this word say? If, if you want the angels here for anything else than serving the Father and for no benefit to you, then you're on good soil. If, if you know that you're representing the Father as an heir or joint heir, and you have specific things that the Spirit identifies that are needs, you can agree that the angel go and take care of that. And it will be. It's, it's happening. It has happened. And, and that's a very exciting thing. But I just felt that I needed to declare this. I had no idea that there, there would be such a visitation of a, a unique dimension of the Spirit of the Lord here today. And I still feel it. Um, and I'm grateful for you, Father. I'm very, very grateful. I pray you'll bless this people. I pray you'll bless our Saints Network family. And I pray that you'll help us as we approach the calendrical new year to receive everything that you have for us so that we can serve you. Don't let us miss anything. Don't let us skip out on any classes that your spirit has arranged. Don't let us fail you. Help us to check every box of what you require. And I, I speak blessing upon you. And I think it's very interesting that the Lord specifically said, pray for the sick. He brought Ava to mind, but pray for anybody who is in need. And I, 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 we released this already, but, but I'm believing that there's going to be a considerable difference in your body, and in other areas that you may have presented in the quickening of the Spirit when that call was made. See, I, I read those scriptures about he sent his word and healed them. And I know what it feels like to have a momentum and an atmosphere because people then believe. And I know when I would, back in the day, when I would go to ministerial training, they would say, okay, now when you go in, you've got to find somebody that you just know is going to respond. And you go to them first, and when God moves on them, then that'll inspire faith in everybody else. I know what that says, but I'm believing for the Spirit of the Lord to come in and do things that aren't inspired by what God did in somebody else. It's you and the Lord. 
God wants you, whether anybody else is being touched or not. That's where we've got to get, because that's what God looks at. Now, God can use the other way. I understand that. But I'm believing for what's happening. <laughs> I'm believing for that. I'm believing that we can stand as we just did a couple of weeks ago with scores of ministers and where, where there's no dog and pony show going on, there's no fireworks, there's no worship team that has saturated the ground with people and they're all ready, that suddenly five people down, a seasoned pastor just starts weeping because the presence of the Lord is upon him. Or this guy over here who's come, and he's used to all the bells and whistles. And all of a sudden, he flops on his face because the presence of the Lord made him do it. I'm believing for that. That's what I saw with Catherine Kuhlman. That's what God wants to move in these days, independent of whatever Catherine's doing now. We need that kind of partnership with God where God can come and even the most crusted individual who would not be moved by the latest tune that's being played by a slick guitarist, who would not be moved by what anybody else is doing because they're probably picking that apart anyway. Look at those fools over there. They don't know what's going on. Those people, the Spirit of the Lord gets a hold of them and they are moved upon and then you know you've got something. Because if God can touch somebody like Saul and turn him into Paul, that's what we need today. If it's a bright light that smites him on the back row or whatever it is, that's what we need and that's what God's offering. And that's the way the angels are going to be ministering. But they're coming because they're liturgicos and because they're diakonos. The Spirit of the Lord wants us to ingrain that in our heart because that's the passport of partnering with the angelic in what's coming. And he makes his angels these winds, verse 7, and his liturgos, the flame of the fire of the Lord. Why does the fire of the Lord come? Incense, intercession, function, the ways of God. Those are the big three. I want them all. I want that candle to be ready. How about you? We want it. We want you, Father. We want to serve with you. I feel like I'm preaching at you here today. And it's not you. It, there's this kind of a theatron going on right now. There's contesting about this. So don't let the enemy come in and say, well, he sure yelled at you today. I'm trying to declare this thing into action, into the darkness. And that's what has to happen. That's how we affirm proskuneo that's touching the world. You don't, we had like three theatrons in progressive levels when we were teaching initially about proskuneo. There was such opposition to it. Well, people were just doing it. But there was opposition to it on several levels. And then it finally broke through, and there's never been a theatron about it because we're doing it. But it's, it's a scripture. This is a theatron right here. Whatever the enemy is hearing, he doesn't like because well, suddenly all these angels are going to be released in a new way. What's he going to do? It's kind of like saying there's an invasion force of angels coming. Well, we don't like that. Well, we are sending the word forth and we're declaring it because that's what the scripture says. And you know what else? 
The fire of the Lord is attending it. And I know you don't like that because it's the ways of the Father that you also don't like. So I thank you for this, Father. And I pray that we'll be what we're supposed to be and that... Um, <laughs> Do you ever notice that first verse of Hebrews? There it is. God. Isn't that a wonderful way to begin a book of the Bible? God. God, who at sundry times and in various manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. That's wonderful. Wow. We're participating in that. What we've talked about today is under that heading. And that's who we're serving with. So I bless all of you. We need this. We need this. Help us, Father. Father, I thank you for your blessing. I'm going to be quiet now because I'm just done. I, I pray that you will meet with your people at all times of the day, through the night, that you'll make us into those ones that you've been preparing us for and that you'll help us to step with you into that new horizon. And I thank you that what you're doing now is the mystery of our Father for this time frame that you're perfecting in the church in the face of principalities and powers. You're working this mystery out through the church. And I pray that that we'll just be what we're supposed to be to give you glory and honor. Guide us, direct us, and encourage your people. Bless them. Throughout this day, let the favor of our Father and the blessing of our Lord be upon every one of these precious people. And let us have a wonderful time in you in the days to come. We love you. We thank you for the privilege of being able to serve you. We thank you for the miracles that you've worked in this house today and for those that you're working out as we go from this place. We will be faithful to give you all the thanks for that. And uh, we look forward to what you're going to do in the days to come. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for allowing this to happen. I, I know that it's not been easy over the years, but I, I, I thank you for being willing to let these kind of wacky sermons be brought forward. And, um, but it's the foolish things of this world that confound the wise. So thank you for allowing this foolishness. Um, be blessed. Have fun. Good days ahead.